This Dharma, um, Dharma is um, a word that um, in Buddhist circles um, can uh, sometimes mean the teachings uh, and in this case this is traditionally uh, chanted at the opening of a Dharma talk um, but it's also uh, a word that uh, um, points to the that which is uh, beyond language, um, the Dharma itself. Uh, we can give the Dharma, you know, we can we can try and, and come up with various words such as truth, reality, such suchness, what is it, just this. These are all ways or words are just ways of pointing to that which ultimately can only be experienced. And I guess our whole practice as Zen students is to be continuously uh, opening ourselves to the Dharma. Incomparably profound and minutely subtle. The sense in which when we're sitting in Zazen and we're becoming or being the practice of listening to the sounds, the sensations, how even just listening to the sounds can really is the perfect expression of that's the Dharma. sense of in which this moment is the universe manifesting in your body-mind right now. Infinitely vast and minutely subtle. The sense in which the Dharma is both infinitely big and infinitely small. The sense in which we can never be anywhere but right here in the Dharma. But then the, the chant goes on to say the Dharma is rarely encountered. So on one level that's referring to the fact that um, not everybody um, encounters uh, Buddha's teaching in this lifetime. Some uh, poor bastards miss out. <laughs> and um, so that's one way of understanding that. But like, could be another way. Dharma is rarely encountered. And yet we're encountering it moment to moment. In fact, we're never separate from it. But that's not how we experience ourselves. Um, how we experience ourselves most of the time is um, life is suffering, and in Western, in in in, in our culture, um, 
that suffering is usually not to do with uh, lack of food or water or shelter, but um, it's usually more to do with some form of psychological suffering. Although it, it is certainly true that there are a number of people in this country who live on the poverty line or below the poverty line have immense distress when dealing with uh, the necessities of daily life and finding them. But for a lot of us, the, uh, the sense of uh, somehow not being okay is how we normally experience ourselves, which is one of the paradoxes we encounter all the time in Zen Buddhism. Um, the paradox of we are all enlightened bodhisattvas right now. The Dharma is no different to the Buddha. The sound of the crow's coin, sound of the car, not that is exactly Buddha manifesting moment by moment when we settle into our bodies we are ourselves not separate from Buddha it's often said in Zen Buddha is mind, Dharma is mind Buddha is Dharma but it's really encountered even in hundreds of thousands of millions of ages <clears throat> The word ages is a translation of the Buddhist term kalpas, which was meant to be like aeons, vast aeons of time. <clears throat> How is it that um, we, uh, we don't experience ourselves as being complete and perfect like when I spoke last fortnight, I um, talked about the founding myth of the uh, Shakyamuni Buddha sitting under the tree and um, looking up at that uh, morning star and uh, realizing that it's perfect just as it is, just like we are all perfect just as we are. Just as the, uh, the sound of the uh, phone is perfect, just as it is announcing itself. Now, it says, now we can see it, hear it, hold and maintain it. Sure, yeah. It's referring to the talk, but it's also just this, the sound, the sunlight. Everything is a non-manifestation <coughs> of the Dharma. Hold and maintain it. Often what we're holding on to is our self-centered thoughts. Um, and that's how we often experience ourselves, you know, we don't exp we experience ourselves as a scratch the surface, there's some underlying anxiety 
and uh, the something that we're worried about and um, in an instant we've kind of like lost ourselves but even even that in a paradoxical way and this is what Joko was very good at teaching even that moment of anxiety and that moment of worry whatever it might be that we're caught in at that moment um, even though we're caught in this, this, this sort of delusion of separateness that is, that is still the Dharma it's, um, still manifesting right there so the invitation in, in, in Zen practice is to be constantly realizing this, this, this Dharma moment by moment even when we definitely don't feel okay which is as I said how we find ourselves a lot of the time moving from one sort of personal crisis to another doing our best to fix it even in that we bring our Zen Buddhist practice to our contemporary lay practice life we have to practice in the midst of that anxiety in the midst of that anger in the midst of that frustration whatever it might be in relationship to and then every now and again we can let go of that and just come back come back to the sounds come back to the breath feeling a sense of ease and freedom returning and then we're gone again another personal crisis they vary in their intensity and frequency we move, we move from the sense of the direct experience of this moment and inevitably again and again and again we get caught up in the story of what's happening we get caught up in our sense of self and other what is actually a seamless whole this universe is one seamless whole and we're all manifesting this universe moment by moment but we, we experience ourselves and we get caught in repeatedly caught in the sense of something's happening to me something, someone's doing something to hurt me and we lose that sense of completeness and wholeness and connection but even in that losing it we're still it um, there was a little uh, story I read on on Facebook um, from a t Tibetan teacher um, it was a story about just using a metaphor of the of the mother and child and the uh, the sense in which the uh, the mother and uh, like a Madonna and child the child's facing outwards and the mother's behind the child sitting on the mother's lap in a sense the mother is, is the Dharma it's the, the ultimate it's the, and um, it's who we are and, but the child is 
in intense distress because the child can't see the mother and uh, is calling out in distress. Um, whereas all the time the child is actually resting in the mother's arms but can't see that until the, the child's, in the story, the child's brother comes along and points out to the child that actually, you're actually in your mother's lap. So in that sense we're never astray or separate from our mother representing the Dharma, ultimate universal mind. But we lose it all the time. We lose her, we feel lost, we sense this, this agonizing aloneness and anxiety comes up. So in our Zen practice, we need to return again and again to that sense of resting in what's most simple, the one place that we always come back to. There's a lovely practice in Buddhism called taking refuge in the, in the Buddha, Dharma and Sangha. Uh, refuge is a lovely kind of word. I often think a lot about refugees when I, when I think about taking refuge in the Buddha, Dharma and Sangha. You know, the sense in which, on a metaphorical level, I mean, on a literal level, refugees are escaping from um, pain, distress, torture, etc. Seeking some kind of refuge. And um, we may not be literally refugees in the sense of we have our citizenship and we have our lovely homes and, and our work. And, um, but sometimes, on a fairly regular basis, we often feel not right, alienated, anxious. And, and at those times, it is appropriate, you know, I would encourage everyone to turn to a good friend or your, your beloved partner, seek some refuge in their arms. But if there's nobody around, where can we return to, to seek refuge? We can always return to the Dharma and uh, into the arms of that mother who we're never separate from, who's continually manifesting as the sound of the children, the sound of the crows, sunlight streaming through the window, the sound of the waves on the beach, the sound of our heart, the feeling of our heart, the feeling of our breath. It's always there. We're never apart.